Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us today. Now, don't you forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm or also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch good things. We're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're checking in with one of our good things favorites. That's Ed Abdella. You may remember the name. He's the biker who was hoping or is in the middle of biking around Mississippi. He's actually in stage three from Mary Hope and Meridian and back. And today he started uh, or they're in the in stage three. So we're going to check in with Ed. We'll let you tell him tell us where he's at. Hey, Ed. Hey, how are you, Rebecca? I am doing well, and I'm bump-buzzling your story. So we are just big, deep breath. You are in stage three. How many stages are there of bike around Mississippi? Uh, four stages. So, so this is the third stage, and tomorrow will be the last one. And you kicked off your ride back in, on July the 4th there in Meridian at Mary Hope. Has all gone well so far? How many miles have you put in? Uh, close to 800. Yeah, everything's been really, really good. Um, like I said, we, we're using this as a training ride for the big race in the summer called, next summer called Race Cross. Race Across America, or RAM, and um, we're uh, linked up with Mary Hope to raise money to uh, put on a new roof, and it's been, it, this has been a blessing. The, uh, you know, I got a little bit of rain, we got a lot of heat, and that's all going to work in uh, to benefit us for next year, but uh, we're working out kinks with our crew. Um, the crew's been great. You know, everybody says, man, you're pedaling all those miles, you're doing all these miles. Yeah, me, 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 me. I'm telling you right now, all I'm doing is pedaling a bike. Without the crew, I wouldn't be able to do any of this because they've been great. They've, they've uh, been behind me the entire time, and there's nothing more boring than watching some numbskull, you know, uh, ride 16 miles an hour on a bike, you know, and you're behind them the entire way. Uh, and, and getting his every, you know, everything that he wants. So I'm being treated like a powdered prince. You know, uh, one of my crew members is bringing me chocolate milk anytime I ask. Uh, you know, so this, this has been a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying it. And we're starting to really see uh, the, you know, the money be the money coming into uh, Mary Hope, and I'm excited about that. And we got to see a lot of beautiful parts of Mississippi that you know we talk about, but I've never seen such beautiful houses in these in these small little towns that we've gone by. They're the most. I mean, it's it's great. 
When you talk about your stages, Ed, I know right now or stage three, you started out in Natchez before sunrise this morning. And where we so where will you end up tonight? Where will you complete stage three tonight? So we're we're heading to Picayune. We're going to do a cruise swap, and um, and then we'll head to Biloxi. Uh, should arrive in Biloxi. We're hoping to get there by eight o'clock, um, and then uh, I'll I'll go to bed. Um, sleep for three hours, and then we'll get up and make the final push to Meridian, which is going to be the the lightest day, which will be 196 miles. So our first stage was, and I made a mistake, our first stage was 353 miles, and we did that in 27 hours. Um, And then we had uh, the second stage was 323 miles. We did that in 23 hours. And then today, which I started, uh, we started at two o'clock in the morning. How are you we feeling? Finished up. Yeah, we should be finished up by, you know, uh, seven, eight o'clock. So yeah, I got think uh, we got we got a book that we're putting everything in, everything that I'm eating, everything that I'm drinking, um, and then of course the sleep. So I got five and a half hours of sleep. And I'm fine. I feel really, really good. Nighttime is tough, you know, but night's tough for, you know, anybody that's ever been in the military, they know that 2 o'clock is really a, a, a really difficult hour because uh, your body wants to go to sleep and you're still up. But it's worked out fine. Do you ever get bored on the bike, Ed? I know the people behind you, obviously, they've got folks to talk to. Or are you connected through, like, earbuds or communication with your crew where you're not really alone? Yeah, my so so my crew chief Clint Blackwell. Uh, that was the first thing that he purchased probably about a year ago. Um, we were going to use it for the Natchez crate, uh, and it just didn't work out that way. But this this has an earpiece for me and, and a place where I can push a button and talk to him. And you know, it's funny you asked that. The other night, I guess they could tell that, uh, and this was uh, Chris Perry and Kevin Brooker. They're the second crew, and I guess they could tell that I was getting kind of punch drunk because I was swerving a little bit. And um, so they started asking me trivia questions. I know that I enjoy uh, trivia. So they were asking me, you know, an array of questions on history. And that was a lot of fun. And and it was amazing how about 20 miles went by very, very quickly because of that. And before you know it, the sun started to to pick up and, you know, peek through, and it was over. So, yeah. But, no, as far as boring on the bike, the only time I I have a problem – when I'm riding is if I bonk and, and bonking is when you're not eating enough or you're not drinking enough. And most endurance athletes or uh, anybody that's done any running, anybody that's ever done any uh, cycling, don't have to be endurance cyclists. Anybody that's ever done any, you know, uh, uh, riding will know if you're not eating enough, uh, you bonk and you become agitated. Um, and that's only really happened to me a few times, but, but these guys have been great. They're like I said, they're marking everything down in this journal for for next year's race across America on exactly what I've been eating. We put down eight to eighty five hundred calories a day is what I'm eating on the bike, and most of it is either solid foods like sandwiches, um, <laughs> breakfast burritos done by Clint Blackwell and Chick Fil A, um, but also you know Scratch Lab and and. Uh, some of the uh, goos and stuff like that. Um, that's been really, really good. 
Well, biking uh, for 20-something hours a day, Ed, will give you the grace to be able to take in 8,000-plus um, calories. But, again, you're doing all this. Yes, it's a training, I guess, exercise for the big race coming up next year, but you're also trying to raise those funds for Mary Hope's, which is Raise the Roof campaign. And so give us a reminder, where's Mary Hope in Meridian? Where can they find you when you um, when you make it to the finish line, and how can they support it? Well, they can they can go on Mary Hope's website, which is m e r r e h o p e at uh, dot com, and um, it's in Meridian, Mississippi. It's one of our uh, magnificent uh, antebellum homes, and uh, we have a great board of uh, ladies that have taken care of that house since the sixties. And so, you know, I, I love this home, and I want to make sure that it it uh, it, it stays, and uh, it's part of our heritage. It's who we are. We got to go around and see some beautiful houses uh, in in Mississippi while we were riding. Um, we had stopped at the, the very first one. We stopped at the Curly House, um, which was absolutely magnificent. And um, you know, then we went to the old courthouse in Vicksburg yesterday for a, a quick photo op, and then the Hedge House today, uh, which is uh, and Barry and Barry Hill House, uh, which is in Magnolia, Mississippi. And then tonight we'll go to the lighthouse in Biloxi. But this is all for for us, for Mississippians, to preserve our, you know, our history and our, you know. Um, but yeah, I I was I told you this before. I've, I'm a school teacher going on my 30th year. I challenge every teacher to take five dollars that they normally would spend on a cup of coffee, and go to that website and give us five dollars. Five dollars. And I've been a you know I'm been in the military for 26 years and. I was a part of three different wars, Grenada, the first Gulf War, and the war in Iraq. And so I'm challenging every veteran to take $10 out that they normally would spend, you know, on a cup of coffee and maybe a Danish and send $10 to us. You know, I mean, that's the only way that we're going to make stuff like this happen. Otherwise, you're just going to see buildings, you know, fall apart and, and you know, and then they're going to they're gonna be gone for everybody. And the only thing we're going to have is pictures. And people say, oh, I used to remember when that was there. And, you know, we... In Meridian, like all these cities we're going through, like Vicksburg and Corinth, I mean, we're looking like the Curly House in Corinth, Mississippi. I'm looking all around, and you see big holes, you know, in their city. I'm like, what what happened here? What was here? And, well, that was a building that, you know, fell down. And, you know, we're doing the same thing in Meridian. We watched the Young's Hotel come down brick by brick, and it broke everybody's heart. And I'm thinking, yeah, now, you, you know, now it breaks your heart. Well, God, we should have done something a long time ago. Well, you preserve, are you yeah. are preserving it mile by mile. You mentioned about 16 miles per hour before some of us can keep that into perspective. You're coming into Biloxi tonight. They'll be rounding out your stage three. You'll be starting out early in the morning for stage four. Any projectory on what time you should make it back to Mary Hope tomorrow, Ed? Maybe four, five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, tomorrow will be my lightest day. It's going to be 192 uh, miles, so... You know, I'm looking forward to that day. These 300 milers are, uh, you know. They're rough. but Yeah, yeah. but we're wishing you luck, Ed. Thank you for checking in with us. We'll be sure to make sure that you cross that finish line tomorrow, and good luck. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye now. All righty. You you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. On a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and a radio up, a lot of sea songwriters. Love in my woman's eyes Feel the touch of my precious child And no mother's love 
upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. on your computer your mobile device you can watch us on roku amazon fire tv devices you can even find us on youtube and if you've got ceasefire tv you can catch good things on channel 70 right next to the weather channel and if you're into podcasts you can catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to those and you can catch legendary rock group guns and roses they are coming to the coast i think that's really cool they are coming september the 20th and super talk mississippi is giving you a chance to be there. So not only could you win tickets to Guns N' Roses, but you'll also get the VIP treatment with a night stay at the luxurious Beau Rivage and a limo ride to the concert. You know, I think they should put to and from. Or is the limo just taking you to the concert and then you have to get back on your own? I don't think so. <laughs> but we might want to make sure before you hop in a limo ride. This just going to take you and drop you off and say, it's a one-way ticket. But at least it's to the Guns N' Roses. Guns and Roses concert. I can feel Wheel is somewhere listening going, no, it's back. I know it's back. They're going to get you back home. For your chance to win, just enter your name at one of our registration boxes located throughout the state. So go to supertalk.fm slash GNR to find a registration box near you. you know, it's all about reading that fine print. Limo, they'll pick you up and take you too. <laughs> we're going to get you to the concert, which is probably the most important part, but I don't know how we're going to get you Home. You know, you go in as a VIP, you leave as a normal peasant. As a P. Yeah, as a normal person. Absolutely. Which is funny that we talk about Guns N' Roses today because it is National Day of Rock and Roll, which I think is uh, interesting and good for some of y'all. That is your favorite. I guess you'd classify that as a genre of music. And it's time to put on your dancing shoes and dance the way. It's planned to help get your groove, starting with the rock and roll, first hit the charts. So they say the history of rock and roll begins in the late 1930s is when it kind of got started from African-American music containing combinations of jazz, rhythm and blues, gospel and country music. So it sounds like a buffet of genres that all came together. By the 40s, instruments like the saxophone and piano were added. And then that kind of increased our appeal for it. But it wasn't until the 50s that rock and roll hit the mainstream music scene, causing a social shift in society. So we've got to have somebody who was enjoying the original rock and roll in the 40s, listening to good things. I'm doing my math. You'd be in your 70s. Well, you'd been a baby at the beginning of it. 70s, 80s. Yeah, I don't know. We may have some stellar centurions out there. And what that sort of shift was like when that when that music sort of came around and sort of changed everything. And it is, you know, not really argued that it's what sort of set the stage for everything we have today. When you think of or or if you think of like legendary, because really you only use legendary for like rock and roll, maybe country. Try to think other, maybe legendary is used more, but you hear it more. Legendary rock and roll band. I feel like maybe because they've been around longer, they've lasted longer. Yeah, than some usually of the when you're when you're throwing the word legendary around, dealing with music, you 
you have to have made a, a major impact. So you have to have, have influenced those that came after you. You have to have had a pretty long career because you're not going to have a whole lot of influence if you were just a one-and-done, one-hit wonder. And you have to have not not staying power. That's more for the career. But you have to have had your your sound change with the times and still maintain your sound. Which is hard. Oh, yeah. That's something that it feels like modern artists really struggle with because they they feel so shoehorned into a genre or there's so much influence from their label on how they're, they're going to sound and look that they don't have an identity of their own that they can use to grow as artists. Who would be, okay, and when it comes to rock and roll, can it be individuals or does it need to be a band? Because I feel like when you it's say... It's tougher for an individual. I was going to say, when, you, when, when I hear, as a novice music historian, <laughs> when you say rock and roll to me, I think more bands than I think individuals. Oh, yeah. When you say country to me, I think more individuals than I think... Like bands, there's a few duos, obviously a few trios, but for the most part, it's more of a solo act versus a, it's a band. So I am correct in that. Yeah. I mean, you think of rock, individual artists, you you have Elvis, the king of rock and roll. You've got others like David Bowie would be considered an, an individual artist that, that really defined his portion of the genre. You've got, usually with an individual, they're either tied to, they're tied to one of three things. Their vocals, their stage presence, which is like their dancing or their ability to hold a crowd's attention, or their ability to play an instrument really well. So like for Elvis, it was his stage presence. It was the gyration of the hips and the the screaming ladies in the front row fainting and, and that kind of thing. He could play guitar. And he was known for his vocals, but it was mainly his stage presence that really drew people in versus someone like Prince. We talked about Prince recently. Mm-hmm. Prince, great lyricist, great stage presence, but he was really known for his ability to play the guitar in a way that few can. So I don't know whether to use the word best because that implies something else or favorite. Let's go with favorite rock and roll band slash artist 601-879-4395 because when you say best that gets into a debate on whether you liked them or not and all the other things but i would say your favorite what was your most favorite if that's correct english 601-879-4395 most favoritest most favoritest person ever to play rock and roll would be what would what would go in your it may be a sacrilege being from the birthplace of the king yeah, but that's not okay. picking Elvis, but it's kind of a toss-up for me. It's between Led Zeppelin, who was known for their instrumentality and their their just pure musicianship, or Queen, <gasps> which is yeah. like you, it's tough to find people that can name the other members of Queen outside of Freddie Mercury because he was such a front man and did so much to really take the spotlight and his band members were totally fine with that because it gave them the chance to just focus on the music mm-hmm. Beatles, Pink Floyd they're coming in on the oh, ceasefire yeah. text line I was going to ask would you put Beatles in the rock and roll category I mean you Definitely. don't know what 
the different like at what point does it does the line fade and it becomes what would be the outskirts would it be you have like what alternative or yeah i mean early on the outskirts were more rockabilly where it was the blending of rock and country where it has a a country sound but rock instrumentation where you you have that that country beat but you're playing it on an electric guitar and then as you progress the the genre splinters out and splits up and you get into the alt rock, the grunge rock, the metal, stuff like that. Because to me, that's where it's sort of where my, I guess, interest lied, it laid, lied, were in those years was more of the metal, hard rock alternative. Although I, I enjoyed rock and roll, but it just wasn't as prominently given to me as the other. And that's, that's one thing you probably have to differentiate is you have rock and roll, which some people say is only the, the rock music made for a certain time, and it's considered classic rock now, but that was rock and roll, and everything after that is an offshoot, whereas I like to look at rock and roll as the umbrella term. And it, it encompasses all of it. It encompasses the rockability. It encompasses the new metal. It encompasses the the alt and the grunge. And it's it's the overarching idea of the electric instruments, the, the heavy use of drums, the blending of the bass and the drum, all that kind of stuff that you take one little part of rock and focus on it, and all of a sudden that's a whole different genre. Gotcha. Well, it all sounds good. And today's its day. We've got Pink, well, I said Pink Floyd. We also have Boston coming in or C or CCR. Credence Clearwater Revival. Glad you know that. And then frontman Mick Jagger. For someone, Jim from Hernando. Another excellent frontman. Yep. And I think a more appropriate question would be, who was your first, my 13-year-old self was consumed with kiss, says Jimbo. So I guess... Yeah, I mean, if you have lived enough uh, trips around the moon, then that has sort of evolved for you. Around the sun. Around the sun. Moon goes around us. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> Still just trips, right? Like the moon goes around that way? Many moons. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that the moon has taken 39 trips around me. Would that be right? <laughs> you do it backwards? <laughs> well, the moon goes around once a month. Oh, man. No, that'd be a lot. I don't want to be that old. <laughs> That's a lot of math to do to come up with someone's age. All that to say, stick with us. We got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
about the good things. Don't forget you can listen. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And I can't believe we're just going to talk about school. We're going to be back in session. But it is about that time of year, which means that Project Impact, which is a nonprofit organization, it's working to combat education and equity in Mississippi. We've got our founder, Brian Ferguson, joining us. And it's their time to ramp up for their backpack drive. So, hey, Brian. Hello, how are you doing today? I don't want to talk about school starting back. It makes me sad. I'm going to have a middle schooler. But it does mean that there are good <laughs> things on the horizon with uh, you guys' backpack drive that you do every year. But first, let's talk about Project Impact. You had a vision for this several years ago. And so what was that? It was simply just to um, help people who needed help. Um, and But it was twofold. It was also to get people active in the community, too. So it was about helping people, but also uh, giving other people who wanted to help people an opportunity to give back. Because I always said that it is sometimes it's really hard to help people. So we wanted to make that easy, too. And you do that through gearing kids up with the proper tools and utensils and things that they need to go back to school and, you know, at least have a good foundation. So talk about what's been going on since July 1st to the 10th. Y'all do this every year. It's a backpack drive. And what are you doing it for and who is it going to? So this year, uh, of course, yeah, we've been, this is our eighth year. We've been doing this for a while now. Uh, and this year, what we wanted to do is, it's been a terrible year for storm victims this year. And so one of our focuses this year was to try to focus in on those, uh, those students who have been displaced all over the states, uh, uh, specifically in the Delta up in Rolling Fork. And, uh, ironically, I'm from there. I'm from that. That's, uh, you know, about. 10 miles from my hometown of Glen Island, Mississippi. So I know the people. We all know the people. So many people have been affected around the state uh, with storms. So that's kind of our focus this year. We want to uh, had a goal of uh, getting about 5,000 backpacks and school supplies to students around the state uh, with a focus on those students who have been displaced from storms. So what is the impact when you help and donate or help with uh, financial donations that then goes to buying backpacks and school supplies for these children? What are you seeing after eight years? I mean, you think, oh, what can a couple crayons or a backpack do? But what's the lasting impact? It's kind of funny because we did this one year and thought, okay, let's just, we, that was kind of our first thing we wanted to do because we was just starting the organization. So we just thought it was just a thing to do. Uh, but what's interesting is that it has been a extremely large, uh, impact for students and parents. And it, you know, I, I always say I remember being the, on the first day of school, having a backpack ready, uh, packing my backpack up and all those things. And, those are some of my fondest memories from school. So it hadn't changed no matter how many times we think all the world is changing around us. Those little things like that are really important for students, and we love just being impactful and being a part of that. The other piece to Project Impact, Brian, I'm looking over at projectimpactms.org, is the fact that you guys have a lot of scholarships. Um, how did those come about? I know that they're different, and they're given by different, I guess, um, donors, but why was the scholarship piece of it important as well? Because, like I said earlier, I think that it's extremely important to give people an opportunity to give back. And one of the things, when you if you can't do an endowment and you don't have uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you want to do an endowment at big schools and those things, but if you have an opportunity to give back $2,000 or $1,000, it's very uh, hard to find a way to do it. So we want to make it easy for our sponsors to be able to uh, impact students in their communities. So we created the Build Your Own Scholarship Program so that, Anybody would have an opportunity to give back. 
uh, and students have been applying, and we've uh, uh, actually given out over $100,000 in scholarships. Um, so it's been a really impactful program. We love it. The uh, scholars love it, but also those sponsors are really excited about giving every year, and that's one of our primary objectives. You mentioned, Brian, one of your objectives with Project Impact is to give the community an opportunity to have a way to help the community, right? Like to sort of give back and get involved. Why do you? Why did you pick education? It could have been health. It could have been so many sort of other areas. Why was education the the main thing that you saw could have the most lasting impact? I just think that it's kind of our core, is our foundation. It's where everybody starts. Um, the first thing we do uh, is try to learn. I think learning is so important, and I wanted to make sure we emphasize all the time that education is extremely important uh, for um, just the sustainability of life itself. So that was kind of where um, what I wanted to focus on. It was so, it's so many initiatives that you can do. Just education just feels like home for my wife's a teacher. Or she's a principal now. Uh, my mom was a teacher, uh, and I've been a student forever. So education, I think, is just felt right. And it feels right to start the first day with a good backpack full of all the things that you're going to need, which in turn, which I feel like is important to say, when you support uh, backpack drives or school supplies drives, you're also supporting teachers because many teachers have to come out of pocket for supplies that either students don't have or they don't have in a classroom. Whether that should or shouldn't be the case is not the argument. The argument is it's just non-debatable that they have to do that. So when you support these book drives, too, then you're also or backpack drives, you're also supporting um, our teachers so I think that's a good thing how can we um, donate Brian how, how can we help support with backpacks so we started a fundraiser on our social media fundraiser on social media on our Facebook page Project Impact uh, MS so you can find us on uh, Instagram or Facebook and you'll find a fundraiser there so that's uh, the easiest way to give back you mentioned that this round, or maybe it won't be the whole round, but is this round being raised specifically going to t- tornado victims? Do you know which counties or which schools those would, might would be at? Yes, and Sharkey County is kind of the focus right now. Um, so that area was hit really bad a couple of months ago, so our primary focus is there. So we'll have some other counties and cities that we support as well, but that, that's kind of our first initiative to uh, take care of that area. And, Brian, we'll make sure that we share the link to donate in the Good Things Facebook group as well if folks are interested in that. But if they want to go online, what's the website? The website is projectimpact.ms. I'm sorry, it's projectimpactms.org. I gotcha. All right, well, I appreciate your time and all that you're doing, and hopefully folks will get out and help those students that will be going back to school in August in Sharkey County and beyond. Well, thank you again. As always, I very much appreciate it. All righty. There you go. It's hard to think school's coming back so soon. I don't want to think about it. For many of us, we're like less than a month away from school starting back and kids getting their backpack and their new shoes and the whole thing. And it's a little overwhelming and it's a little sad. It's never, or maybe it's exciting. Maybe you're ready to get back to the structure and having the kids back on a normal routine. I'm just feeling a little emotional because it's going to be like getting a middle schooler. So, I mean, just that transition. Transition within schools is always hard, but you want to see your kids go and succeed. So that's always a good thing. It's fun, too, to see you guys connect to a topic and chime in on the ceasefire text line. It is National Rock and Roll Day. So if you're just tuning in with us, people are sharing their favorite rock and roll band, maybe their first favorite. And then as it sort of evolved um, over the years, we've got plenty coming in um, with 
played in many bands over the years, or maybe you have, maybe rock and roll was probably one. If you've played in a band, let me back up, rock and roll is probably the type of band you started out in or sort of played, like the garage sort of band oh, mentality. Yeah. Were you, am I right? Were you part of a band? Yeah. I thought so. What would have been your... I thought that I knew music has always been a big part. I knew you had uh, always had dealings, Rhino, with working uh, equipment, but I couldn't remember if you were actually in a band or not. So I got. Oh look. yeah, I've I was in. Well, it's basically the same band with just rotating members. And if I'm not mistaken, the first name for the band was the Small Blue Stage Band. And then we played on a flatbed out at the high school, and I think for that show we were the Tet Offensive didn't have a vote in that name and it's just all kind of crazy and, and wild things from high school but yeah I, I played bass i still play bass occasionally really rusty and don't put near the time into it but uh as a as a bass player i i feel like bass doesn't get enough respect in in the band of course not everybody loves the front man or the guitarist and the drummer's always the coolest but the bass is the backbone where was the where's the bass in the lineup? Are you it just in, depends. Like on which like you can be. There's not a like a proper band like, formation. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was Dan in Hattiesburg was asking me about how do I listen to Primus and Primus is a band who their frontman lead singer is also their bassist and he's phenomenal. Les Claypool. He's one of those musicians that I could spend the rest of my life practicing eight hours a day and I would never be as good as him. I was born in 97, not me, the person on the text line. Grew up on Aerosmith because mom loved them also. I do think our generation got introduced to rock and roll because or some of that, that era. Yeah, there was a roll. resurgence for our generation because you had the, the early days where it was changing times and you had Elvis and the Beatles and then along come the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. So you have that classic rock era. And then you have the 80s where rock just took all kind of weird twists and turns, and then the 90s came along, and there was a new appreciation for classic rock. Absolutely. My mom introduced me to Pearl Jam. There you go. And Neil Diamond. So there's that. (laughs) Stick with us. i got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Glad you chose Pearl Jam and not Neil Diamond. <laughs> I think Dan and Hattiesburg is too. This would absolutely be my vote for one of the best rock and roll bands, or at least one I enjoyed over the years. It is Rock and Roll National Rock and Roll Day, so you can let us know your favorite rock and roll band or frontman or bass player, tuba player. 
drum player, all the players in the band. That it's don't 2023. Get, if you can name the love. instrument, it's been used in a rock song. Absolutely. Someone else said, uh, as a tuba player, I agree. But the bass players do not get enough bass. Reco- bass. Excuse me. Players do not get enough recognition. You don't play fish. You don't play fish. I say it every time. Look, I'm I've never. It never claimed to be <laughs> proficient in anything. Uh, someone else mentioned that the drummer doesn't get taken seriously um, either in the band. And I mean, you I know. mean, case in point is something I was talking with Gerard about on middays. If you go back and watch some of the, they're not really music videos because they weren't produced to be played like a music video that you think of, like on MTV or VH1. But they were performances on TV or for playing at the theaters that are essentially the the precursor to music videos. And you take the Beatles, and everybody else has got an instrument. But poor Ringo's sitting there on a on a stationary bike or sitting on a stool holding an umbrella. Just, I'm here. <laughs> but it wouldn't be the same without it. Someone said it really is all about the bass. There you go. Got it. Imagine ZZ Top without the bass. Imagine the JSU marching band without the powerful bass section. Imagine um, whatever trainer, Miss Trainer Lady, without the song. It's all about the bass. She'd have never, she'd have never gotten off her career. Would have never gotten out of the out of the corner. You can tune a piano, but you can't <laughs> tune a fish. <laughs> Y'all leave me alone. <laughs> I get enough from it uh, from in here. But no, that's that's uh, that's fine. That's totally fine. I think we can all jo- joke and have a good time um, with that. Do you think rock and roll is here forever? It will always be part of it. Do you think it will ebb and flow? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you'll ever have a return to the sounds of classic rock just because those were sounds created with analog equipment and – you rarely see bands using analog analog equipment. I mean, you might have guitarists that have analog pedals, but you're seeing more and more younger generations using more and more digital pedals to get the same sound that you had to wire four different things to get. It's just because it's years ago. easier. Oh yeah, so much easier. So that plays into the into it that way. Or if if they're even playing the instrument, because now with digital music creation, you can go into GarageBand on a laptop or an iPad even, and set up what notes you want it to play and then pick the instrument, and it will use a digitized version of the instrument to play the song that you created purely digitally. My mind is... I don't know if you'd put them in the rock and roll category, but I'm sure they've been influenced by it. That's our girls, Chapel Heart. Y'all know them. If you like NASCAR, just a heads up, they are going to get, you're going to get a double dose of Chapel, Chapel Heart this weekend. They're going to be performing at the pre-race concert and they're going to be singing the national anthem this uh, Sunday, July 9th for the, at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Very cool. So if you are a NASCAR fan and a Mississippi fan and a Chapel Heart fan, then make sure you turn on the race in time to watch the national anthem because it'll be our girls uh, from Chapel Heart singing that, which I think is, it's cool. It's really cool in that way. Also, don't think we got a big week coming up next week. You've got the 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon that's coming up Thursday, July the 13th, right here on Super Talk. Every year there are children across Mississippi that need a loving home, and so many times these kids are caught in unimaginable circumstances, and we're going to need your help. That's coming up Thursday. Don't forget, too, Rhino will have his haircut and his only shave of the entire year. you got less than a week to wash that hair and wash that beard. 
um, and you'll get the chance to to learn how Palmer Home for Children serves vulnerable kids. It's a faith-based organization. It doesn't take any government money. And so mark that on your calendar. Coming up next Thursday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., we'll have the 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. Are you counting down the hair washes? Uh, Not really, but I think Porch Cat is getting the sense that the beard is coming to an end because she's been awfully snuggly towards the beard recently. Can she she tell us how many trips around the moon your beard's been in the last 12 months? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, when it gets this long, it's like a bed for her. She just, like, climbs up on me and just lays her head in my beard. Does she not recognize you whenever... It's always a bit of a double take. Uh, I walk in after Palmer home, and she'll see me, and she'll usually come running up to me when I get home. But she'll usually run up and stop and look. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's you. I think think keep all coming. All right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. You get the boys with sports talk from three to six. But Rhino and I'll meet you back here Monday at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Mississippi Media Production.